Welcome to the Future of Dentistry podcast series powered by Dr. Bicuspid and Keystone Industries. In this series of seven interviews coming from the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida, you'll hear from experts from around the dental industry about what they are anticipating in 2024 and beyond. Let's get started. The Future of Dentistry podcast series is powered by Keystone Industries, helping dentists and dental team members with their preventive and laboratory needs since 1908. Learn more at dental.keystoneindustries.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast series for the Dental Trade Alliance here with Dr. Bicuspid.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm the editor-in-chief. Drill today to be joined by one of the keynote speakers at the meeting. That is Brian Ballou, who is the CEO and chief economist for ITR Economics. Exactly. Thanks and Fascinating talk. I know this is your third year here in DC, yeah. I believe. I, I think the, the uh, industry really looks to you to kind of be that barometer for what is coming for our industry. I took a few notes, so do you mind if I ask you some questions about what you said that our dentists and dental team members can hear now? I, I don't I don't mind at all. Okay. Uh, but before you go down there, I just want to say uh, I love working with the DTA. Uh, as an organization, they're amazing. And whenever they talk about the foundation, the DTA foundation, I mean, that's where it's at, right? That's, that's this group giving back. Granted, it'll help strengthen the industry, but that I, that's not where their hearts are at. They're, they're, their hearts are in the right place every time. Oh, completely agree. This is absolutely one of my favorite meetings of the year, and I love it, not just for the networking, but the philanthropic side. Yes, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, that's not all that common. Cut up. It's worth noting. But, well, again, I'm good. I know you have that kind of global and national outlook. So a lot of things that stood out to you is wherever you're talking about the, the labor market. And that's a big topic with a lot of our guys who are listening right now. And do you still see it being very tight heading into next year, correct? Yes, although I've seen some reports that say a hygienist situation is only going to get tighter. So I don't know if I want to call it very tight going into next year. I think the demand for expansion is going to be less, so you may find some more fluidity in that, in that market. But come 25, 26, uh, that's when it's going to really feel very tight. Okay. Very tight in the motor. So with dentists need to do and other professionals is make sure that their culture is top notch that uh people working for them see that it is philanthropic i mean the millennials don't want to work for just a dollar right they want to work for the greater good of some cause and you know i don't know about you kevin but when i was growing up and early on we didn't shout from the mountain the tops while we were giving our money to for charity or anything i mean that Today, it's got to be part of your marketing scheme. Oh, that's true. And not only outside to the world, but internally, that marketing is being very, very important. Because when the hygienists and the other people in the office bite into your cause, then they're a lot more sticky. You mentioned the millennials and that coming in. And one thing that I've heard is that that's very important to them as being able to change the world. And, and you mentioned how they look at the world so much differently than those of us in a certain hair color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they really do. And some of them are very global. Some of them are very local. It's entirely up to the office, the, the company, culture. Uh, but as long as I can see they're doing some good. And it could be world vision. could be Doctors Without Borders. Yeah. Um, I find, um, and this is my own personal bias, if you help kids, if that's your focus, that 
not only does it really attract people to your cause, but it makes it seem like tourists really going to be a better future. Yes. And that's what the millennials really had to be part of. They said better future. It's a great point. One thing that you mentioned was the, the wages, obviously, of Dawn for dental team members, dentists trying to keep them involved, but not so much maybe what the dentist is charging for his or her services, that there might be something that's a little bit worrisome there. Oh, yeah. And I was just wondering if you might dive into that for our audience for just a moment. Here, that's the, what the CPI for dental services is up 5.0%. When you look at what their wage gains have been that they've had to pay for their staff, it's been more like 6.2%. Some cases, I'm sure, higher. That's a national average. So that 1.2% differential suggests that there's a real margin squeeze going on there, and the owner of the practice is not taking home as much as they were. So the nominal dollars could be quite nice. Uh, but when you adjust for inflation and you look at the margins, it's, it's not as lucrative as it was in the prior years. And that really needs to be thought through very, very carefully going forward. One of the things you're going to say is, you don't have to give the same magnitude or wage increase in 24 and 25 that you have been. But at the same time, you need to figure out how can I get some costs out of this yes. operation? Because uh, that's going to be, those two factors are the best way to right-size the margin in the profit barrier. And, and one thing that I, I also heard you say was about some of the myths that are maybe out there. And, and one that I want to tackle with you real quick is the credit card debt is out of control and you know I, I, and and i know whenever our our listeners are trying to um and i hate to use the word sell but make sure the treatment is accepted a lot of times they may be worried about the financial conditions of their patients and have these negative thoughts already in their head but credit card debt for example some of the things that we're hearing maybe you're not seeing in the numbers bracketed it's a fairly common misconception that People are maxing out their credit cards, and I'm sure there is a demographic that that was true. But when you look at average America, um, the default rates are still well below the 10-year average before COVID, which means they're not in danger of default. Sure, the numbers that are making the minimum credit card payment are going up, but they're not at danger levels yet. So I could look at the last six months ago, oh my gosh, this is awful, but then you've got to put it into contest. Is this the point where it really gets painful? And the answer comes back, no, this is not even close to the point where it becomes painful for the broader economy or practitioners. And, and that, I think that's what I've gained the most out of listening to you for the last three years has been with context and not looking at things in very short you know, supply. And I think including that are things like interest rates, things like the housing rates, things like that you touched on today. But again, if you look back at the end of the years, you're still well below what those numbers were at. And despite all the hysteria, we're still standing. People are still making more money at the end of the day. Um, and uh, the standard of living continues to rise in the U.S. So could we be doing it better, which is also what we talk about? Well, the answer is heck yeah. But are we better than anybody else? Yeah, we are. There isn't anybody that has a better system than we do. Well, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up is that uh, I took away from your talk how strong the United States is right now in terms of economy and everything else. I think there's a misconception out there as well, especially as elections draw near, that, you know, things are, are not good. It, it, but your data shows that we're easily the strongest and best positioned of any country. Like, 
and I didn't even get into this, but Europe's already tipping into GDP recession. We are not. Uh, Russia's in recession. China, their numbers are, who knows, but they're clearly not really growing on it. Anybody listening should understand that the noise is going to be amped up in terms of distorting what's really going on out there. And you just need to take a step back and read. Eventually, the media always gets it right, but you have to be in a paragraph nine before you get to uh, what the real story were. It is it something that, from an economist's point of view, as we get into the election, there's all these numbers being thrown around. Is that whenever you really need that CFP or you need that voice of reason uh, as a, a, a longer side? And if anybody wants to, they can go to igreconomics.com. We have loads of free material. We have blogs. We have my Fed Watch, which comes out every Friday on YouTube. But we have uh, trends talks, we call them. It's all free, all meant to be in relatively short sound bites. We don't, I don't believe in 30 minutes holding anybody's attention for 30 minutes unless I'm in front of them being very animated. Uh, so all that is free. And I just want to encourage people go there because one of our values is we are unbiased. We, I don't make any more money or less money if the economy goes up or down. I just get paid to get it right. And that's true of my entire territory. Awesome. That's great for your resource. We'll make sure that that is in the show notes. We'll let you mention that here in just a couple of minutes again to make sure okay. everybody has that. One thing that you kind of gave Gerald advice to at the very end of your talk, I thought was very fascinating about you know, What maybe is coming in the next four or five years? And I just wondered, would you, would you be willing to share that with the audience, kind of what you see? between now and 2030 and maybe some advice for that time span. You're jealous. Sure. Um, you know, I, I keep referencing some personal finance because I'm a registered investment advisor and much other things. So uh, there's, there's a saying about investigating stock market can climb the wall of word. But we see that post-2024, the economy is going to be growing. It's not going to be setting anything on fire, but it is going to be growing. And you'll hear more and more people wringing their hands, see them wringing their hands, saying, this can't continue, this can't continue, all this debt, all this, all that. Uh, what they don't understand is, in our opinion, how much liquidity is still out there in the marketplace, the earning power uh, of the U.S. And I touched upon it in there, that all that onshoring of businesses near sourcing, that's a very powerful driver for our economy. And that's activity that's being drained out of other economies that are showing up on our shores. We're going to climb this wall of worry until something breaks. And we have, I laid it out there, those entitlement spending, healthcare spending. We're monitoring all of those, our national debt levels. So we're watching all of those. But, and we'll let people know when, if we think we're wrong, that it won't make it to 2030. And my job is to help people be planning for that, not just hold on to a deadline that we think is theoretically the correct one. The last question for you, and I'm asking this of all my podcast guests, as we get into 2024, what's one trend maybe that you're watching that maybe our dentists and team members should be watching as well? And now the trend I'm watching, it is hard for anybody to get a firm grip on though, but I talked about it in here. China worries me a great deal, all things China. Uh, and I really think uh, 
asking your financial planner to screen your portfolio to disengage you from China, making sure you're not relying on China for virtually anything in the supply chain is an absolute smart way to do. Doesn't have to be made in the U.S. Get it out of Vietnam, get it out of India, get it out of Cambodia, uh, or any number of other places. But something's bad it's breaking down between the U.S. and China. No one knows when, uh, but that'd be one of the things I would work on very diligently over the course of 2015. It's great. Us uh, again, ITR Economics. Just to give. Yeah, go to our website, itreconomics.com, and you'll see uh, access to our blogs. Um, we'll see a link to FedWatch, which is where I talk about what the Federal Reserve is doing, where interest rates are likely going, what it all means, inflation. And then our analysts take on specific topics, and they'll talk for three to seven minutes on that specific topic, construction, manufacturing, distribution. Uh, and we rotate through. Uh, in terms of those, and they are very well received also. And all of us free content. That's excellent. Ryan Miller, Chief Economist, CEO of ITR. Now it's thanks for being on today. My pleasure, Kevin, and it's always good to see you. Yeah, good thanks. To see you. Well, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Doctor by Customer Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode here for Bill Trade Alliance meeting in Warwick.